Welcome back to Growing in His Word. God bless you, man. Last week was radical. We talked about serving one another and how, uh, you know, it, what it means to Jesus. <laughs> I'm so excited, man, because I got a lot of emails this week about the sermon last week. And this week we're going to have a ball because it's all about giving up our selfish desires in serving Jesus. And it's radical because God is in love with us. Father, we come before you. We thank you for this uh, time, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask, Lord, that you just fill this time, Lord, and teach your word, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we were in Matthew chapter 20 and 21, and we talked about the parables of, uh, of the laborers. And what a radical uh, you know, parable it was. <laughs> How the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And then when it came, you know, who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But the first came and they supposed that they would receive more. And the likewise, they received each a denarius. They got paid the same wage for the same work because they, this is the, the, uh, the, uh, you know, what we are talking about, how Christ doesn't, you know, differ. He doesn't show partiality. He's perfect. And he loves us the same. And we talked about the apostles' reward. And we talked about how radical it is when we seek Christ and we love him and we truly want to follow him, not because of others, but serving others with Christ in us. I think when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead in our life, God can say, hey, you know, you're getting out of the way and you're letting me work. Isn't it radical when we let the Holy Spirit work? Growing in his word is a Bible teaching, verse by verse, uh, you know, scripture. And we don't charge money. It's free. It's awesome. There is no tithes accepted here. Uh, you know, if you want to tithe to this ministry, give it to the homeless Give it to your neighbor who's hungry or wherever the Lord puts on your heart. Anyways, God bless you and welcome back to Growing in His Word. Listen, Jesus is coming now to the triumph entry. Chapter 21 is where we're at. Here in chapter 20, the end, we see the blind man. The blind man, uh, you know, recognized the king. And we see how Jesus healed the blind, restored his eyesight so he could see. And we see how some of the, and we see some of the pastors, how their eyeballs get restored, how they see. We see some of the church pastors getting their eyes reborn and reseen. Jesus wants to heal your eyeballs too. <laughs> the Laodicea churches are out there, and we talked about that last week. But we talked about how Jesus healed the eyes of this blind people, blind man, and the compassion, and he touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. And now we're jumping into chapter 21 where the triumph entry is, is here. But it's amazing how chapter 20 talked about the blind man. And only in Matthew mentions two blind men. Mark and Luke refer to one. Probably, you know, the one who spoke the facts that Matthew records. And there were actually two men, especially that suits his gospel, which was written primarily for Jews who would have 
desired two witnesses. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 17. And so now we're coming to the son of David where we, we see that the cry repeated and it shows that the spiritual insight of these blind men were restored. They knew who their Messiah was. And the end of the verse, chapter 20 and verse 33, it says that they followed him. And that, my friend, is the key. That we believers follow Jesus Christ, not the money, not the things, not the things of the world, not the lust of the eyes and the flesh. The things of the world will lead us astray. I mean, yeah, we must be content, but give it up. Follow. Jesus said, leave all and follow me. Take up your own cross. Don't get attached to things, possessions, worldly things. You know, often I think about the church, how they first started off in the book of Acts, and I preach the whole book of Acts, but I think about how they didn't have the money that these mega churches have today, and yet the work of the Holy Spirit still came through and amazingly has still coming through and is still working today. Why? In Hebrew, we say lama. Lama means why? Because God doesn't want mammoth, our money. The Bible says we can't serve two masters. Matthew. Chapter 6, verse verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Why? Because you you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Well, you may think, oh, well, I, I'm rich and I, I work for it and I deserve it. I get so many emails about how they can make me rich. Oh, we can make you rich. Oh, we can make you happy. We can make you sail the world. Look at me on YouTube. I'm sailing the world, dipping in the ocean. Look at my children. They're, don't you see their beautiful velvet clothes and the, all the good yummy gummy bears and the candy and ice cream I give them? And wow, oh, isn't it so marvelous? And Jesus says, I don't care. I don't care. It's not about money or you. It's about the love that you have for me and serving others. And last week we talked about serving others. <laughs> And I woke up and went for a walk, walking my dog. And the other day, you're thinking, what's a dog have to do with this? Well, I, well, if you read the Bible, it says that there was a man, a poor man and a rich man. And the rich ruler was full of that velvet lifestyle he had, you know, probably had the velvet cream cheesecake, everything he wanted. Why, you know, he had all he wanted. And you may think, well, why are you telling me this story? I'll tell you why. I was walking my dog the other day, and I seen this family loading up all these groceries and uh, bread and a bunch of bread. 
I said, what are you doing here behind the store loading all this bread up? Why don't you, why, why don't you go in the front and get it? <laughs> you guys having a party? And he said, no, I'm going to take it to the church and they're going to give it to the homeless people. That's what I'm going to do. Because I, I believe the Bible and I follow the Lord and I, you know, he was, uh, he, he claimed he knew the Bible. Well, I asked him, do you know who the rich man is? The rich man and the poor man in the Bible. And he said, no. And so there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. Oh, and he ate like a feasty pig every day. Okay. And at his gates was laid a poor man named Lazarus. Now, he was covered with sores. And can you imagine all these sores and boils and painful boils all over his body? And so... And it says in verse 21 of Luke chapter 16, 19, okay? And it says that the sores were covered, like really nasty pus sores. I mean, the guy could probably even walk hardly. And the poor man was hungry and he desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and they licked his sores. I figured I was walking with my dog and they were having bread. So, you know, I'd tell them about it. Well, the poor man just wanted to eat. And the dogs came and they licked his sores. I mean, the guy, dogs will lick your sores when you, when, you, when you actually have sores. And they have a natural bacteria on there that kills that rotten bacteria on your body that kills the germs and heals your body. So the guy was being licked literally by dogs laying there like an animal. And so the dogs came and licked his sores and the poor man died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried in Hades. Okay, the rich man also died and was buried. Well, verse 23 says, and in Hades, which is hell, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he came out. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish and flame, in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like, in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And, all, and besides, all this between us and you, a great chasm, a big chasm, a big gap has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. Basically, the gap's too far, dude. You're gone. You're warped. You worshiped your money too long. You became a fat pig who loves money. And now you, you, you've focused on yourself and you've centered your life on money and you keep emailing me on YouTube and everywhere else about how I can have this luxury pig lifestyle that I don't want. But I began to tell this guy at the store and he didn't know this. And he said, then I beg you, Father, verse 27 says, and he said, then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers so that, that he may warn them that, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, 
He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the, from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they do not hear Moses, the, the prophet and prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. You see, once you get caught in that money schism, rich schism life, and I'm not saying you can, you're, all the rich people are bad. I'm saying that the ones who love money, they miss the mark. They missed the mark. And so chapter 21, we see now when they drew the, near Jerusalem and came to Beth, Beth, uh, Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied to a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. Verse 4 says, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion in Hebrew, Sion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey and a colt. The foal of a donkey. Now, verse 6 says, So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Watch this. This is going to get really interesting. <laughs> they brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on, on them and set him on them and they set him on them and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before the and, and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna is the highest. Now watch. This is the royal procession that, that Second Kings in chapter 9 says. And prior to this time, the Lord Jesus has steadfastly avoided such a display because he didn't want them to, to do that yet. Now watch this. And when he had come into the Jerusalem, watch this. All of the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves, sold doves. Woo, ain't that a special word, the dove? And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Listen, believers, listen to this, man. What do we have today? We have a whole bunch of churches that are claiming to be mega churches and pastors, and they're taxing people through business proceeds, hirelings. They get to know you. They extort you. They don't want to know who you really are as a believer. They get into the business to make money. And this is what Jesus is saying. Get out of my church. You have your own church. They've made a mockery out of Christianity. Satan is using them because they're false teachers and they want you to be deceived. But they don't want you to know you're being deceived. They come in real nice appearances. They say the right things. They talk about politics. They talk about, they get into politics behind your back. They actually know politicians. They know police forces. They know they, they wiggle waggle their way into every aspect of, of, of the church 
and outside the church so that they can use people as shields to make money. All in the name of Jesus. And here's what my friend used to tell me. And he was a real, 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 real nice friend. And he would he had a real distinctive voice. And he would say, you know, Yossi, these are the spots in your love feast. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit. They have no fruit. Twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea. Foaming up their own shame. Wandering stars. For whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Listen, believers. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. Also saying, behold, the Lord comes with them. The Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds. Which they have committed in an ungodly way. And all, listen, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. This is what they're doing. They're deceiving believers. All in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and all those, and this is what my buddy would say as a pastor. And all know their churches are in order. They look like they're, you know, in order. <laughs> well, they're not. They're far from being in order. Because they're not in order. You have the church of Laodicea now. Believers, we're living in the church of the corrupt Laodicean churches. We're talking about Revelation chapter 2 here. We're talking about how they come in, creep in. Their, their intentions are wrong. You can see here in Jude chapter 1, these are the spots in your love feast while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They're all about themselves. They're clouds without water, carried about by the winds. But I'm telling you, don't give up because in chapter 20, Jesus is coming through as a tri triumph entry. Jesus did not do this to you. Believers, listen to me. We don't need to grumble. We need to let Christ work and do the work. Listen. Listen. The apostates are predicted, but these are the grumblers and the complainers walking accordingly to their own lust. And they mouth great swelling words. Oh, they got the best words to say. Flattering people to gain advantage. And they gain the advantage. They do gain the advantage with the political side and the, and the police. And they think that they can outpower you, but they can't. <laughs> no, they can't. Maybe temporarily, but in the end, sin will find you out. Do not be afraid because God knows everything. <laughs> so Jesus is whipping the temple. He's clearing the money changers and the doves, selling the doves. And he is saying, I am the Messiah. I'm coming through Jerusalem, man. I'm coming through. Get out of my way. I am a loving, merciful, graceful God. The church of Philadelphia is here. Jesus says this church of Philly is here. We are the church believers out there. Listen to me. Don't be caught up in the grumbling. 
Don't get caught up in the money. Don't get caught up in the in the in the churches that are corrupt. If you get hurt in church, don't become uh, you know, butthurt and upset. Oh, I don't like that word. Well, don't get bitter because bitterness causes you to become more and more, uh, you know, uh, uh, ungodly. You start nodding. You won't start to listen to God anymore. And then you start doing your own thing. You start singling yourself out. Satan starts to plant those thoughts and say that you're not good enough anymore. The church failed you. God failed you. And, ah, you know, you don't have to go anymore and forsake the gathering and don't even read the Bible because it doesn't matter anymore. And then he singles you out, isolates you, and then you start forgetting about Christ and the fruit of the Holy Spirit that can work in your life. It's just like the Wizard of Oz, the big old fake Oz. And he was in the back going, and they walked up to him and said, pay no mind to the man in the back. That's what he said when they busted him. Okay. God's saying, pay no mind to the wizard, the false wizards, and we're not into wizards. Pay no mind to the false pastors. Just pay no mind to them. Let them milk people. Jesus is saying, get out of my way. I'll deal with it. You don't have to worry about it because everybody dies like the rich man and the poor man. And when they die, they have to face God, believers. We just need to continue in the faith And the love and the ahava in Jesus Christ continue with love and mercy for one another and serve one another because it's a joy. It really is a joy when we serve others and forget about the past because Satan will use the past to rob your future. But we got to be aware of the apostates. We got to be aware of their own ungodly lusts. These are the sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit, and they don't have the Holy Spirit. And the key is the Holy Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit, we can make the distinction in helping our brothers and sisters in the church. Some will require tender care and patience to help them grow, grow in Christ. With others, well, we may need to use drastic actions to rescue them and from the temptations of sin and rescuing our fellow believers This is the message I have to preach today. But there's always a need to use wisdom and caution to prevent getting caught up in the sin that caused them to fall. So hating, hating even the garment defiled the flesh. It's a metaphor here for staying weary of sin. Paul says it, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Galatians chapter 6, 1. Believers, we need to get our eyes on the Lord and stay there. But these pagans... We can't let them rob our joy. Because when you allow them to rob your joy and hurt and get, you get hurt in the church, Satan starts to be glorified. We don't want that. Quickly put it away and let God be God. They know who they are. Jesus knows who they are. We know who they are. Names don't have to be said. Jesus didn't go in the, in the temple and say, that church, that church, that church, that church, clear the way. Yeah. No, he just whipped them. He whipped them and and moved them out of the way. And that's what he'll do on judgment day. Amen. Jesus said, you you shall know them by the fruits that they bear. Well, I'm hungry. Well, I don't have any, uh, nothing for you. My bills need to be paid, church. Uh, I have nothing for you. Um, My wife died. I need something to help me out here. My, My husband died. Oh, sorry, we don't have anything for you. Is that really a church? Well, you don't have anything, but let me see that you don't have anything. Oh, no, we can't let you see that either. (laughs) <laughs> you see? It's the fruit. 
They can't bear good fruit. A good, the Bible says that good fruit can't bear bad fruit. Bad fruit can't bear good fruit. They're contrary to one another. It's amazing. It's like trying to be a cop and trying to be a bank robber at the same time. It doesn't work. Stick them up. Give me the money. Hey, dude, you got your uniform on. Yeah, I know, but I'm, they're not paying me overtime today. It doesn't work. So Jesus knows who they are. And believe me, those, there's corrupt cops too. They're on the streets. You know, I think my neighbor's one, but I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Believers, listen. Jesus is in love with us. We don't have to worry because we don't have to question Jesus' authority because he's in love with us. He cleansed the temple. He, cl- he cleansed the money changers. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but have made it. You've made it a den. We make it. A, we want to make it a house of prayer. But some of the churches have made it a den of thieves, crooks. To, you know, Lord Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for chapter twenty-one. But Lord, we know that we are stronger. We know that the money changers exchange the coins with the pagans, and the symbols of them. You know, we're rotten. They charge premiums for their service. They sold do- dubs, Father, and they and, and 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 they made them the topics, and they made those. Lord, we know all about it, Father, but we we give them to you, Lord, and we come before you now, and we ask that you forgive us of our own sins. We want to walk worthy of you, Father. So show. Show us, Father, how to walk. Lord, that is our prayer today, Father, that any believers out there that don't know you come to know you, Father. It's simple. Jesus came, he died, and he wants a relationship with you. And he does want you to fellowship. So, Father, we come and ask you in Jesus' name that you motivate the hearts in this world to come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And you know, believers, there's so many believers out there that are suffering. They have nothing. And they're happy that they picked some, some, you know, wheat and made some flour. They're grinding their hands in Ethiopia. They're eating plants. They're happy that they're, they have each other. Here we are, we, as believers, we complain about the things of the world, the little things, and people are losing their legs, their arms, their sight. We must be grateful and we must pray for those who have nothing. And give to those if we have. That's why growing in his word, believers, doesn't ask for money. We ask that you give to them. Give to the ones that are hurting. Give to the ones who are thirsty. Give to the ones who need. Give to the ones who can't do it on their own. God says he helps those who cannot help themselves. And you may think, oh yeah, okay. Remember that one? God helps those who help themselves. God loves those. No, it's, it doesn't say that in the Bible. God helps the ones who cannot help themselves. And it's up to us as vessels and believers to get out there and give to people who do not have. Not hold on to your stingy money and say, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I'm going to give it to the, you know. Dude, stop it. Help, help others. 
Help others that can't help themselves. That's what we want. We want to be like Jesus. We, we, we don't want to be blind. Because verse 14 says, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and, and, and he healed them. He's about healing, loving, and mercy. Not money changing. And, you know, I used to be a money changer in Jerusalem. I made a lot of money before I was doing this for free. And I still do this for free because Jesus set me free. You can make a lot of money in, in, as a money changer. The shekel goes down, shekel goes up. The dollar goes down, shekel goes up. It, you know, you, you can make money. But Jesus said, not here. You don't do that here. You want to make money? Make your money, but don't mix it with, with Jesus. You want to be a church? Be a church. Don't mix it with Jesus. Help others and I will bless you. Don't make my house a mega church full of money. Get out and stay out of politics. Quit telling people who to vote for. If you're so sad about uh, a certain president coming in, well, good for you. The Bible says that the worse it gets for us believers, the better because that's when Jesus is coming, right? So why, why are you endorsing candidates? Stop it. And stop talking about Israel all the time. We love Israel. Israel's special. We get it. I'm a Yehudi. I get it, man. But this is what Jesus is saying. Everybody is equal. Like the, like the laborers we talked about last week. Believers, until next time, man. God bless you, man. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. This is a radical... Growing in His Word is, is brought to you by Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we don't want your money. We want you to have a personal relationship with Jesus and enjoy the sermons, verse by verse, and that's what we're doing. Every week, till the Bible gets finished. Heck, I might even go even further and do three or four more now. You know, we'll see. God bless you guys, and thank you for growing in His Word. And may the Lord Jesus Christ bless you deeply.